Okay, quiet on the set, everybody. Stand by. Roll camera. Speed. Roll sound. Speed. Market. And cue talent. Hello and welcome to This Week in Production. I'm your host, Art Aldridge, and joining me is a friend and colleague for over 25 years, Don McGee. We both started when we were five. <laughs> yes, we did. Don, uh, tell the audience a little bit about yourself, your background, and what you've been doing. All right. Well, thank you, Art, uh, for having me on the podcast, uh, first of all. Um, I've been in the corporate communication business uh, since 1980. Uh, got out of school and did a little sports, little live sports, which was fun, but um, realized that working every weekend in uh, all kinds of temperature extremes, in all kinds of climates, wasn't really what I wanted to do. And I went to school for, you know, like you, for uh, communications, broadcasting, television, radio production. And um, did a job after doing a few sports things, which was corporate. I didn't even know it existed. And it was like during the week, it was nine to five. <laughs> it wasn't, uh, you know, we've had long days in corporate too on occasion, but it was kind of, you know, little more, a little less tension and um, drifted into it. And here I sit with you all these years later. And uh, corporate has been a, uh, a way to make a nice living, still be involved with some creativity, but it's a different. Uh, now, it's not as much excitement as doing a live sports broadcast. I wouldn't I wouldn't pretend that, but um, is is that when you were going to college? Like, is that what you wanted to do with sports broadcasting? Well, in the early the the first thing from the time I was a kid, I wanted to be a disc jockey, which we can talk about later. Um, and yeah, because I was a big baseball fan as a kid, liked football a lot, so I thought sports would be great. Uh, and sports is great to to be on a in a, in a production truck, as you know, in a live shoot with. You know, hey, the game's going to start at one o'clock. Ready or not, here we go, and then you know, cover the event. It's it's a rush, but to to produce sports and work on sports for a lifetime, uh, to me that's that's a that's a huge commitment that in my case I wasn't ready to make. I mean, you know, you you talk about guys who work sports three hundred and you know fifty weeks a year. Uh, they're on the road their entire lives. Yeah, th those are people who probably don't have families or don't have children or other commitments. It's a, it's, it's a lifestyle choice that you make when you go into that type of work. This is years ago, but I remember at the time just being out of school and people talking about, and, and, and keep in mind in this period in the early 80s, NFL Monday Night Football wasn't too old at that time. And I remember, you know, statistics saying the guys on those crews, big divorce rate. And, you know, it's it's a lifestyle. I mean, you know, we watch the game Sunday night, whatever it's on now. But, you know, Monday night football, well, those guys are in town four days ahead of Monday night, you know, and traveling. Yeah, to the next... they're on the road, you know, all the time. Yeah. But that's sort of what you thought would be a great career. Yeah, because it's exciting, yeah. right? You love sports and you say it's you, they're paying me to go to work to do sports. But... Um, I found that the switch to corporate, which I didn't plan, and it wasn't, nobody goes to college to study, wow, I want to be a corporate TV producer. 
Nobody does that. But um, it, it, as I said, it's uh, there's a certain amount of creativity. Every once in a while, you get a job that's fun. We've worked on a few things where there there might be you know a trip to an exotic location involved. There might be golfing involved. In the corporate world, obviously, golf is still a big uh, a big deal and a and a, 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 an activity that a lot of people who are in corporate America get involved with. Um, so there's, there's that, but it, 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 it is, um, it's, it's rewarding in that you can be in a creative job and still have, as you said, a life where you can say, Hey, you know what? I'm not, I can have weekends, you know, I can have holidays if I want them. Yeah. I go to a movie after work cause I know what time I'm getting out. That's right. That's right. Because now, when I first met you, mm-hmm. and I don't know if you remember this or not, uh, I I was hired to come in and edit at Warner Lambert, yes. which is a pharmaceutical that doesn't exist anymore. Right. And I met you for the first time. I met our friend Lou for the first mm-hmm. time. And I wasn't sure. I had never worked corporate. I didn't really know what it was. We went into this kind of generic warehouse-looking space. It was a closet, basically. It it was, you know, odd to me. But I I didn't know what to expect. And, you know, you were very good. And you were like, okay, you know, we're going to come in. And I guess what I was most surprised about was the pace was very slow. It was a laid back pace and, you know, lunch was eh, hour, two hours. <laughs> well, you know, we'll come back sometime after two and, you know, with a good coffee break at three. And <laughs> it was very, very different than what I was used to, which was more commercial. And at that point, agency work where you're, you're the whipping boy for some right. AD and you're being tasked every moment of the day. Well, the first thing, I'm glad Warner Lambert is no longer around because I don't want them or anyone to think we take two-hour lunches every day. <laughs> but, no, I know what you mean. There is, uh, there's not the pressure of shooting a, uh, a commercial where so much is riding on this, uh, this, this production, this shot, this setup, all the way through post. Um, you know, people who we work for their videos, their, their, whatever they're doing, whether they're doing a podcast, a video, whatever they're sending their message out. It's as important to them as that commercial is to that agency, but it's a different level of pressure. Right. Uh, and, and certainly there is a more realistic, I think, um, approach to even little things like, yeah, you know, the guy should get a lunch hour. That's not to say that, and we've both done it, right. It's not to say that on occasion, Hey, we're, we're working, there's a big development in the world that this corporation is involved with. Perhaps they're being sued. Perhaps one of their products is being recalled. You're working around the clock on the weekend, so it can happen. But it's it's not the intensity that, uh, for instance, advertising, where it's sure. every 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 client, every spot, that level of intensity is just always there. That's not there in corporate. Right. Right. And I think that, as you say, no one, I mean, I didn't go to school to go into corporate. I went into school. I thought I was going to make, you know, feature films. Mm -hmm. But I liked TV and I do like TV and I've done TV in the past. But you're right. That's a game for young people without a lot of attachments. And and look, at this point in our life, your, your life, your age starts to become with it. You put up with a lot more that you would 
at 22 than you would at our age, whether it's corporate or not. I do remember and it's a corporate job because I was, I guess I was not smart enough to even ask, but we did a job in New York with a production company and we were going to be back the same, the next day. And we slept on the floor of the production company's offices. And I was so young and green and out of school, I didn't think, well, aren't you guys going to get us hotel rooms? Yeah. I think of that now and said, what was I thinking? But, you know, it was, wasn't was my first job, but it was an early gig. You wanted to make a good impression. Everybody else was sleeping on the floor. So I will say it was the one and only night it happened. But, uh, you know, uh, it just goes to show you what a little age... <laughs> And a little wisdom will bring, or maybe if I didn't go through that, I would I would have known the next it's, time to ask. It's all life experiences, <laughs> and it all helps you get to where you are. Now, I know we've talked many times about the the dramas in the corporate world, and not not always the same drama that you know might be on another type of job, of a feature film, or uh, you know sports. But mm-hmm. there are dramas. But what are some of the dramas that you remember that when you kind of peel it back, you go, really? Like, we're getting all upset? But (laughs) they do happen. Well, I guess under the umbrella of it, it always comes down to personalities. Um, You know, very often in corporate, you might be dealing with uh, executives who are high level, who have been very successful throughout their entire career, no matter what they've done. And I'll use the analogy to, to entertainment. Like a big-name star, they are in their own world. In, in the world that you're working in. They are the stars. Uh, and quite honestly, very often, they're not used to being told what to do. Now, if you're directing on a set, whether you're directing a commercial, a live, the director is in charge, right? right. The, it's the director's responsibility and call to say this is what goes out on the air or this is what gets recorded or this is the take we're going to use well very often an executive never happens now it has only happened in the past (laughs) in the distant past will come down do a take and i know as the director he or she can do that better improve it or maybe slow it down or doing something you have to read that and there are times when i will say i know what this executive is going through in his real duties not that this video isn't important but you have to judge it versus everything that he or she might be doing that day and say we're going to live with that take now i may not go home happy about it but it's one of those things you have to learn and judge because they have so many responsibilities not that they don't care about this particular video but when they balance their day it's almost a question of how can we get the best take and get them back to where, you know, back to the office, back to a meeting, back to whatever. And, and sometimes that comes at the expense of framing, yes. lighting, sound, anything that you may feel as a professional you can't let go, but you do, as you say, you have to read the room. You do, and there are things, and again, this comes with experience based on editors I work with where I can say, all right, he misspoke, we can fix that. Or she misspoke, we can fix that. I don't even have to ask her to do it again. And there were times when I just know, I said, there's no way we can fix that. And you ask for a retake. And if they're having a good day, they'll give you a retake. But I've had, I've had executives say, 
good enough. Let's move on. Absolutely. And and you have and at that point, you know, I'm working for them. I can always suggest, you know, could we get one more? And every once in a while you will. But it's as I said, you and I have both worked little in entertainment and I've been able to work on and be on some shoots with some, you know, people who are who are A-list entertainers, okay? They're not very different from executives, top executives. They are, as you said, in their world, they're the star. And you have to always keep that in mind. Right. Now, will you agree with this statement? I find, in at least in the corporate world that I'm dealing in, and, and we're not in the same you know, uh, circles, mm -hmm. you're more with pharmaceuticals, I'm more with accounting, mm -hmm. but we, we work anywhere that people want to pay us. Right. <laughs> but I find when I'm working with the, the, what we call in the corporate world, the C-suite, mm -hmm. when we're working with the C-suite people, the, uh, executives, the, you know, partners, the high levels, the handlers usually cause most of the trouble. <laughs> You're gonna you're gonna publish this, right? It's 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 uh, <laughs> it's an interesting thing because I I genuinely believe everybody in the process has the project's best interest or the subject's best interest in mind. Um, but oftentimes there can be people who are in the chain of command who maybe don't, maybe don't have the, the television or production background. Maybe they don't have the writing background. And, and I'm not going to say everyone because there's a lot of people. No, but this is in any sample of any job right. in any populace. Right. You're going to have this. And, and every once in a while you just have to say, here's where I am on the totem pole. I can suggest. I can uh, coax. I can try to convince but at some point, whether it's at that moment that we're recording on the set or on location or whether it's in the edit suite, we're overruled. You know, like I w you're asking me, this is the way I would do it. This, let's take a simple example. This is the music I'd pick. If, if we're going to score this, I would, I would go here and then do this. And then, no, Don, you know, I can say right. your show. Because in the end, it is. So you do have to have that just ability to let go and say, it's if they're happy with it, right? You know, hope it works. One, one. I'm. I was just thinking of one occasion where I was set up to do uh, two C-suite executives from a company, uh, a two-shot. They were going to give some kind of message to the um, to the company uh, masses, and these two gentlemen were two different heights. One was six foot four, one was like five foot five. Mm -hmm. And they had never really appeared together, I guess, in videos right. because of their, maybe because of their height difference or not. It wasn't like it was a surprise, mm -hmm. but no one had told me that this was an issue, right? They just said, you know, show up here and be prepared to shoot <laughs> the two execs. So we're all set up and lit and, you know, they're gonna come in any minute and the handler comes in <laughs> and sees our, our setup and they're going to stand. She's like, we can't shoot them this way because there's, the a, there's, there's a, you know, a foot of difference between the two. And the shorter guy was the higher up right, of in course. the chain. <laughs> now, I don't think 
he had any problem with it per se. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I didn't ask him, but I would imagine that it's not news to him that he's shorter (laughs) than his colleague. Right. But I was tasked at that moment with maybe 10 minutes before they're going to walk in. And again, like you say, busy execs, Mm -hmm. they have a small window. You can't really deviate. You're on their dime and you're ready when they're ready. Mm -hmm. So what do I do? I don't have Apple boxes. I don't have (laughs) anything to do this. So I send a PA to the, I shows you how long ago this was, to the copy room. <laughs> and I said, bring as many reams of paper as you can find, and we're going to build a platform. Mm-hmm. And we the way we had to do it, because we had to get two chairs, right. and we built the platform out of paper, and we gaff taped all the paper together, and then we because we didn't have any duvetine, we had nothing. (laughs) We covered the reams with more gaff tape, so it looked like it was just a black hole. (laughs) And we had the two stools, and then we had to shoot them, you know, waist up and all of that. But, you know, that kind of drama, I don't want to say it's unusual, because it happens more times than not, but it's one of those things that you just, you can't say anything. You can't be like, are you crazy? (laughs) Because you won't work again. Right. But it's it's one of those things that happens in that type of work, and and nobody teaches you that in a course. It's not you know maybe if you were to teach a course at this point, you might have it as an example. I have a similar one. Uh, years ago, I was actually uh, doing an on camera job. I was a host of this uh, corporate internal piece. No, I, I actually it was going external. Uh, it wasn't just for the company's employees. But the uh, producer had the idea that they wanted to interview this chairman outside. And same thing. I was going to be the interviewer. I'm not tall. I'm 5'9", but he happened to be 5'5". Five five. And the handlers said the same thing. We can't have the interviewer look like he's so much taller than the chairman. And the producer came up with a, luckily, the landscape helped him out because the there was a roll-off, a small hill. So the way he blocked the shot, he put me on the lower part of the incline and put the chairman a few inches up on the incline. So as we walked together and we were walking towards the camera, we looked the same height. So, again, did the producer in that one, you know, luckily figured it out. But again, it was it was somebody's issue, probably not the chairman's, but somebody along the line said, well, we, we, we can't do that. And in your case with the building the, uh, the uh, steps out of paper and in the other producer's case using the natural incline of the land, you have to be able to think on your feet. The other thing that I find, I don't know, it's just something that you realize in the corporate world is that there tends to be more they're not as concerned with waste monetarily or time Mm -hmm. like they're they're just looking at it like hey you know we need to do this and you know if you're waiting around for four hours for us we don't care um if it costs more money we don't care and there's also I, i see that there's like lack of communication between organizations within the one company just about even like resources. Like I, I one time went to do a shoot in New York with this CEO guy and, you know, we show up and it's a big deal cause you got to go in through the loading dock and you have to have all your paperwork and it's a big, you know, amount of equipment you're bringing in. 
and we get up to this floor where we're going to shoot, and there's already a crew in the space lit shooting the guy that we're going to shoot. Oh, boy. <laughs> so they wrap, break down. That exec goes to take a phone call or something. We move in. We set up almost the same setup. <laughs> And we shoot the guy doing our piece. And it was only because they didn't communicate mm -hmm. that, hey, we have a crew already here that day. Or, hey, you know, can we get a message in on your back right. of your message? Right. They didn't communicate that. That's pretty, That's an extreme example. I mean, I don't doubt I you. I see I'm that sure it's, all the time. I, I'm fortunate. Right now, the, the 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 clients that I work for, there's a there's a decent level of communication, but I know it's it's a huge issue when it's not there. Uh, two, you know, just random examples that I can think of during the years. We're there, and we get a message, and uh, somebody from uh, it's not always the chairman. We we default to the chairman, right? Sometimes it can be just you know high high ranking official. Oh, she can't come down today. She's she's in. Uh, she's in Pennsylvania. Well, didn't we have, oh, well, she knows she had it scheduled, but nobody bothered to call the production company and said, you know, her schedule's changed. A simple thing like that. Right, and they just burn that money, and they don't care, but the crew is all standing by. I, I, just, I just thought of this one, okay? And again, I, I will not mention the company, but years ago, I was sent to Kuala Lumpur in Malaysia to interview an architect uh and he was an architect of some renown and we got there the day before we scouted out the location we met all of his staff and we went the next day and we were all ready and the woman came in and said he missed his flight he's still in china now we're like okay and they said well he's he's going to get on the next flight you wait you know they I don't, I don't know if it's that they don't care. I think sometimes they travel at such a level, and I don't mean that travel as a pun, but they walk at such a level that um, whatever whatever we're billing them for the crew for the day... It's inconsequential it, it is to, to them. Com compared to yeah. the, the type of... Uh, you know, dollars that they're usually right. dealing right. with. Right, the Learjet that's sitting on the tarmac at, you know, $5,000 an hour, that's nothing. That's hey, even more than you You need make. an extra light? Go ahead. <laughs> so let's let's talk about the, there was a period which I will call the golden era uh -huh. of corporate work where there was a lot of money to be made mm -hmm. and spent on, on production. Mm -hmm. And I was doing a fair amount of international travel and, there never seemed to be any question if you wanted extra crew, you wanted extra locations, you needed more of this or that. It was like, sure, go ahead and do it. Mm -hmm. And, it, I mean, it even makes me think back to one job that we did a long time ago, back in the days of tape. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it was a, like a boutique pharmaceutical company. And we were in, I don't know, Laguna Nagal, <laughs> California. Right. One of my favorite jobs ever. And that, that was, was how long ago? Yeah, that's easily 25 years ago. This is like south of L.A., but north of San Diego a mm -hmm. bit on the coast. And again, it was like a retreat type of thing. We were shooting and editing 
a uh, like a happy I think, video. I, I think I think it was uh, for like you said a small pharmaceutical that later got bought by a big pharmaceutical. Yeah, absolutely. And the people we were working for got very wealthy, and God bless them. Uh, but I think what it was, I think at the time there were literally only ninety or so people in their company, and they were rewarding their sales force for successful successful yeah. the year before, and they took them to this great place. Like, did you say Ritz Carlton? It was a it Ritz was a Ritz Carlton. Yeah beautiful and there was golf involved and we were uh, we were basically following them around uh taping their weekends happy, faces. happy face so they could have a nice remembrance video when they got back home the next right. week but i what, what i was thinking about was that that job because we had to edit on site nowadays we just bring your laptop and you plug right. in and you go we had a i had a truck in an edit system yes. from la yes. beta cam tape to tape monitors <laughs> they rolled it into a, a suite right. at the ritz because it was so big that's right that's right <laughs> and and all right i don't know how this story is going to end for the podcast but see if your memory is better than mine we had an issue something happened we were nine out of ten times you'd make those videos they'd be two or three four-day jobs and they'd always show the video at the last dinner on the last night and usually that dinner is in the hotel. But for some reason, and maybe you can help me with this, remember the dinner was off-site? Yes. And we had we had to wait for something. Did we have one more shot to to get that we had to fit in? And we and we drove and we were driving like maniacs to get to yeah. the restaurant to, so they could plug, I think, a three-quarter inch tape, maybe. I, I remember it a little <laughs> differently. I remember that we maybe went to a different restaurant <laughs> and it like they changed the plans or something. And then we had to go and find the new place. That might've been it. We, <laughs> we went to the wrong restaurant because they switched the right. restaurant, but nobody told no us. Told That's us. What it was. And we have this finished tape. We're so proud of, right. and it's got to get there by right. the time they have the dinner. Right. And we did, we yeah. got there. Uh, you mentioned golden age. I think the biggest change that I've seen in corporate since when I began and, and really for 15 or almost 20 years, we worked with actors all the time. We were casting actors, actors, New York, primarily New York actors. I always worked in the New York, New Jersey, Connecticut area. Actors, you know, who you see in commercials, who you see on Broadway, who you see in TV and films, because they were role-playing for whatever corporate, you know, production they wanted to, uh, you know, whether it was diversity, whether it was on sexual harassment, whether it was on how do you, as a uh, sales representative, how do you present your products to a client, all that. And, and um, we used to be casting and working with and directing actors all the time. And I believe it was the Internet that basically, like a light bulb, because training changed, you know, they used to use a lot of corporations used video in training. I don't know that they do it that much anymore because I think, you know, you can be anywhere now. <laughs> now I sound like an old, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Yes. That, I mean, and I often worry about that because I still know some actors like that used to be a significant uh, piece of income for yeah. actors because it was union work it was i was going to say sag after but they were separated at the time but it was sag work uh and i don't think that mark i'm not saying it doesn't exist but it's minuscule compared to what it used to be yeah the corporate the corporate world has definitely changed 
I think that whole sort of role play genre, I think is done. I don't oh, think anyone's it, doing it anymore. No. It seems out of fashion for corporations. It has been for, like I said, probably 20 years already. Right. Right. But it used to employ, my point is it used to employ a lot of people. It did. A lot of actors it who. Did. Well, I mean, in New York, I mean, there were probably hundreds of big studios that were just doing corporate Without shoots. a doubt. Without a doubt. And, you know, they're all gone. So we've done other work besides corporate work. And I don't know if you can tell in the audience, but Don has a very professional voice. <laughs> so you do other Stuff besides producing, you have a radio show. I, I host a radio show on WFUV in New York every Saturday. The show is called Mixed Bag. It was created by a uh, famous New York disc jockey named Pete Fornatel. Uh, I started out as a fan of Pete's, became a friend. He ultimately hired me. Uh, he was my mentor. And um, when he passed away almost eight years ago now, uh, WFUV asked me to host his show, Mixed Bag, which I've done since then. And it's a, it's a labor of love, uh, and it's public radio, so you know it's a labor of love. Uh, but I get to play four hours of music that I select. Um, and, and in you know, we talked earlier about uh, corporate television maybe not being, you know, as creative, as commercial, or as uh, dramatic, or as theater, or as movies. The radio show is where I get my dose of creativity every four hours every week because I totally make it up as I go along and it's fun and people write in and they listen and the station keeps hiring me back. So it's a it's a nice uh, it's a nice little uh, little gig. Ninety point seven FM or WFUV.org. Nice. Thank you for now. Me plug now, in. so but you you were in actually in your home studio. You mm -hmm. have a, a business where you do voiceovers at, at, from home. Right. I built this room for you. Well, I was gonna, I was gonna say that. Um, yeah, the other part of my work is voiceover work, and it was Art who uh, we had done video production together, and I uh, probably in an edit room somewhere. I said, yeah, I'm thinking about you know building in a studio, and Art basically said, I I can help you with that, and Art designed, and literally did the building. With uh, with your brother-in-law, right? Yeah, and, and my friend Pete. Pete, right? Uh, and the studio was built in August of 2000, and and I think you know this story, but this is you talk about timing, and it's a professional voiceover studio with a custom, you know, grade A microphone, and I can record things here and send them out to clients anywhere, audio files, but. Um, well, what I was going to share with the audience is that that room, pretty much as we built it, is still operational. That's right. You're, you're not one to make changes for the sake of just making changes. No. You subscribe to the philosophy of it ain't broke, don't fix it. And, and knock wood, it has worked since the day you completed it. And, uh, you know, we've done some touches and, you know, some software upgrades. And we might have swapped out a piece of hardware through the years. But, but not uh, too much. No. Uh, essentially, you, you're still running the original <laughs> Apple cinema display, the curved glass. I think it was the 22 inch. That monitor is still turning on, which is remarkable to me. And and I'm sure there are people in the audience who who know Apple and computers and stuff better than me. And they say, "Oh, this guy's just downright cheap," <laughs> but it is still you, working. You still have SCSI drives, <laughs> yes. hooked up to this computer. <laughs> 
it's still working. <laughs> and and I, I respect that. That's, that's one, of, one of the things that I respect about you, Don. Well, Don, normally when I record these podcasts, I'm drinking. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Now you tell me. <laughs> well, usually I don't have to drive. Oh. So I, I'm not going to partake in a drink with you now, even though we probably could find some trouble to get into. But <laughs> this will be the point where I say cheers to you, Don. Thank you for being on the show, but we'll have to save the cheers for another time. All right. Well, thank you. I really appreciate you asking me, and I hope uh, that people listening uh, get something out of it, at least some uh, some laughs, maybe. And um, we'll have we'll do. I'll tell you what. We'll do it. We'll do. It. I'm, I'm inviting myself back. We'll do a part two next year. Okay. <laughs> sounds good. Thank you, Thanks, Don. That was a lot of fun. It would be even better if you could add something to the conversation. Drop me an email at thisweekinproduction at gmail.com. Or even better, call our new TWIP voice mailbox and leave us a message. 601-564-TWIP. That's 601-564-8947. Also, a reminder that This Week in Production is available on all major podcast platforms, including Spotify, iTunes, and Google Play. So please subscribe to get every episode. Lastly, if you like what you hear, would you mind giving me a rating or a review? I'd appreciate that. Okay, that's a wrap on This Week in Production. Thanks for listening.